the presentation of anarchism, anarchism. as social philosophy which aims at the emancipation, economic, social, political, and spiritual of the human race. The emancipation. Anarchist Essays is brought to you by Loughborough University's Anarchism Research Group. For more information on the ARG, see the link in the show notes or follow us on Twitter at ARGLBORO. Algorithms, Automated Politics, and Anarchist Responses by Chantal Gray. The figure of the algorithm is having a moment not only because of its ubiquity in our lives, but also because these new technologies have become persuasive, and this lends a certain power to them, a power by which they can modify behavior in real time. We have seen this especially in the rise of fake news and the spread of misinformation and disinformation, which lead to right-wing mobilization, political polarization, election hacking, and the manipulation of public opinion all of which take place with unprecedented speed and ease. More insidious, though, is that these new technologies have disappeared. Woven into the fabric of our everyday lives, they have become indistinguishable from it. There they are, always with us, constantly vying for our attention, hacking our very lives. In other words, algorithms are imbricated in processes of world-making with and for us. It is for this reason that Tikkun suggests, in the cybernetic hypothesis, that we update our analyses of the state and capitalism, replacing what we call neoliberalism with cybernetic capitalism. Driven by money information logics, cybernetic capitalism emerged from the convergence of five major developments, a proliferation of data, deep convolutional networks using highly optimized algorithms to sort through the new data, networks that enable the immediate, cheap, and pervasive transmission of data, capacious and flexible storage via the cloud, and improvements in hardware. It was from this convergence, then, that the cybernetic episteme emerged, characterized by hypercontrol and what Antoinette Rouvroy calls algorithmic governmentality, a new art of governing and government that treats individuals as data and the social world as a problem of big data sets. What this means, in effect, is that social forms of politics are bypassed by automation in a kind of pure recursive totality. Think, for example, of predictive policing and the disruption of political processes like general elections through political contagion, of which the Cambridge Analytica scandal is a prime case in point. At the heart of the problem, as Tikkun go on to explain, is a desire for order and certainty, or legibility. Of course, this is not a new desire in the world. Anarchists have long argued that state power is not only vested in instruments such as the law, political and economic structures, the police, military, ideology and nationalism, but also in administration. Dan McQuillan suggests, in fact, that algorithmic governmentality can be understood as an upgrade to the existing bureaucratic order, meaning it is part and parcel of what James Scott calls the social engineering practices of the state. But while cybernetic capitalism and states share a desire for translating risk and uncertainty into information, 
What makes the digital regime unique is its propensity for recursion, a circular causality in which nothing escapes regulation. If the war on terror aimed to justify the massive centralization and expansion of state power and securitization, the cybernetic regime aims at inventing a social regulation that dispenses with macro-institutions like the state and the market in favor of micro-mechanisms of control. The result, Tickman proposed, is a society in real time, grounded in the valorization of information. Nothing, they write, expresses the contemporary victory of cybernetics better than the fact that value can be extracted as information, about information. This shift to recursive regulation via an accumulation of data is not merely technical, which is to say a transition from analog to digital, but organological, as the late philosopher Bernard Stegler argues. In other words, it is a question of life, where the biological has become technical, inasmuch as the technical has become biological. The implications are huge, especially in terms of what Tickman explained as the socialization of control, an extreme form of securitarianism that polices spontaneity in real time. Think, for example, of how classic centralized apparatuses of surveillance have been replaced by apps on our phones and computers. What these new nomadic forms of control enable is not just 24-7 surveillance, but the prediction of behaviors, a world liberated from contingency. Anarchist writers from the mid-19th century on were all too well aware of the negative consequences of technological proliferation, writes Uri Gordon citing the displacement of workers by machines with its resultant unemployment and falling wages, the erosion of producers' autonomy and dignity as mass production replaced household and artisan economies, frequent deaths and mutilations in work accidents, and degraded working and living environments. This led people like John Zerzan and Derek Jensen to argue for anarcho-primitivism, a theory and lifestyle that critiques modern forms of civilization and advocates for a return to pre-industrial ways of living through, for example, the abolition of specialization and the division of labor and the rejection of technology. To be sure, anarcho-primitivists and green anarchists make use of various critiques of technology, including those of Lewis Mumford, Jacques Ellul, and to some extent Heidegger. While some theorists, like Zerzan, tend to push these critiques past their point of utility, there is still merit in engaging with some of the work he has done. On the other hand, we should be aware of latent tendencies towards various forms of eco-fascism, perhaps best exemplified by the work of Jensen, who, once close to green anarchist circles, now harbors reactionary, hierarchical and oppressive views including a romanticized view of a lost golden age and essentialist gender notions which transpire as homophobia and transphobia. In fact, turfism, or trans-exclusive radical feminism, is widespread among Jensen's followers. Equally disastrous are views that promote technology as the answer to everything, as if technologies aren't immediately implicated in human biases. So how should anarchists view technology? While I do not think we should be overly prescriptive, 
I would suggest that we begin with better analyses. It is my view that one of the most pressing questions of our time is how to prefigure social consistency in such a way that it produces conditions counter to algorithmic governmentality. But in order to do this, we need a better symptomatology or diagnosis of the diseases of our digital societies. However, other than Tekun's exemplary survey in the cybernetic hypothesis, anarchist analyses of the digital regime have been scant. This is not to say that we always need new analyses. We can sometimes draw on what has been done, but we should be putting forward our own prefigurative solutions. Otherwise, people will implement the answers they find, be they Marxist, statist, or right-wing. Having better analyses of algorithmic governmentality will also help us to better understand the proliferation of new forms of populism. We know, for example, that algorithms filter what we see and don't see, creating novel ways of curating interest. So what happens to our interests when what we see is filtered to amplify certain feelings of insecurity? Another way of asking this is what happens to knowledge when it becomes automated and recursive. These are important questions for Stiegler, who argues that when knowledge becomes industrialized through digital technologies, it produces a syndrome of cognitive saturation through the exploitation of available brain time. This, in turn, provokes entropic effects on our ways of knowing how to live and dream together as societies, and it is precisely this which leads to the pervasive feeling that life is not worth living. Although I cannot do Stegler's entire theory justice in this short podcast, his work does provide some of the most illuminating analyses of the digital era. Analyses we can and should draw on. Yet his solutions are reformist. This is where anarchist social practices such as prefiguration and commoning, become important. The point is, we need novel understandings of prefiguration and commoning that map to the digitized reality we find ourselves in. As Mackenzie Walk reminds us, it is our task to describe what is emerging rather than what is established. Otherwise, it is all too easy to interpret any new aspect of the emerging context as simply variations on the same essence. Having said this, we need to take care in our analyses not to reduce everything to the digital, despite its ubiquity. This would be to lose sight of an even crueler twist, that these technologies keep us distracted from real-world problems, one of which is the ecological crisis. To be fair, thinking about anthropogenic doom is not pleasurable. It does not offer an infinite scroll with a recommended feed. There is nothing to like and heart. And yet, despite collapsing, it is our world, the only one we have bar narcissistic visions of space and colonization. So we have to find reasons to believe in it again, to create, in the here and now, a feeling that life is worth living, for the benefit of a time yet to come and a people yet to come. Thank you for listening. To help others find Anarchist Essays, please rate and review us wherever you find your podcasts. And if you're interested in anarchist ideas, 
why not check out the journal Anarchist Studies? For over 20 years, Anarchist Studies has been publishing original research on the history, theory, and practice of anarchism. For more information, visit www.lwbooks.co.uk forward slash anarchist studies.